I always wondered what mistakes can be avoided in your early stages, in your early days of getting started. I had Mark Thompson, the co-founder of Pay Kickstart on. They do great billing and affiliate marketing help and awesome stuff around helping startups and later stage companies manage their subscription billing, manage their affiliate marketing, all of it. He goes through what they did what mistakes they made and what went well so that you can make sure that as a startup, as an early stage company, you are growing and being a very strong company. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, I am your host. This is Matt. Welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'm delighted to be joined by my special guest today, Mark Thompson. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, let me tell everybody about you, Mark. Mark is the co-founder of Pay Kickstart. It's a reinvented payment and affiliate platform that empowers vendors and digital publishers with the tools to sell their products online. We're going to talk about what they're doing over there and how they're doing it. He's also the founder and CEO of Digital Kickstart, which helps high-growth B2B membership sites and SaaS companies to remove technical hurdles, subscription, and billing with billing and affiliate management. So we guys got all kinds of knowledge around billing, around affiliate stuff, payments. We're really going to dive into all that. So once again, Mark, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I love talking about this. So I could go for hours. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, tell me what's going on with you guys lately at Pay Kickstart and what's coming up? Yeah, just um, more of the same. So Pay Kickstart started about five years ago and it just really started out of, of frustration. There was a lot of billing solutions that were somewhat archaic, just lack of payment methods, uh, lack of flexibility in terms of checkout experience and or checkout experience and, and retention tools. And so we built it just out of pure necessity, which usually tends to be some of the, the more, um, you know, uh, products that, that tend to do well long term. And so it's something that I've been super passionate about. Um, it's we've, we've really kind of migrated a lot of our resources and time and attention towards pay kickstart so uh just a lot of things to just improve the overall experience when it comes to uh, managing subscription payments managing uh, customer retention lowering churn uh, managing your affiliate partners which for us when we first started out 10 12 years ago uh, affiliates were one of the first kind of streams of driving traffic and driving revenue um, so it's always been kind of near and dear to my heart <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely want to talk about that more. But yeah, can you give us a quick little rundown, pay kickstart? I want to make sure that you know people out there, they know who it's for, why they might use it, what it's all about. Yeah. So we really focus on subscription-based businesses. So uh, if you're focused on recurring revenue, so we end up working with a lot of SaaS companies, software companies, uh, people running membership sites, online course creators, uh, even coaches or people running marketing agencies that work with clients. That's really our sweet spot. And so, you know, not, I mean, obviously we can help you accept payment, accept credit cards and PayPal and wire transfers and Apple Pay. Um, but what we really focus on is uh, really uh, minimizing your churn because in order to grow and scale a subscription-based business, you really need to get your churn under control first before you can put your foot on the gas. And I, th I think that's a, a problem that a lot of uh, businesses face, uh, especially recurring businesses, is they try to 
put their foot on the, on the traffic gas and they forget that, Hey, you know what, if my churn is at 10, 20, 30, 40%, if I'm losing customers at that pace, there's no way you're going to be able to play catch up. No, absolutely not. You don't want to do three steps forward and two steps back. That's a nightmare. So what are some of the ways that you help with churn? What can companies do to make sure they mitigate that churn? Yeah. So there's a lot of different things. Um, you know, there's, there's things called voluntary churn and involuntary churn. So voluntary churn is obviously someone who is voluntarily canceling, uh, their subscription with you. And, you know, one thing that so many businesses do or, or don't do, I should say, is they don't, they don't reach out to them and find out what was the problem. And sometimes mm-hmm. it could just be, they, they didn't know how to use the tool. So it was confusing. Maybe you need to work on your onboarding experience, or maybe there was a certain feature that a large segment of your customers wanted and they end up leaving. So maybe that's something you need to prioritize in your product roadmap. So we offer things like survey tools to automatically capture that feedback and surveys from your leaving customers, um, as yeah. well as things like a cancellation saver sequence. So if someone's getting ready to leave, we try to say, well, hold up, let's find out why it is that you're looking to cancel and maybe we can help you out. Maybe we can overcome whatever that hurdle is that you just can't get over. Do you need more training? Do you need us to jump on a call? Is there a certain feature that you, maybe you didn't know about that you need? Um, so we have a kind of a, a rebuttal sequence and it's all automated. You just set this up. They go to, uh, they try to cancel and we put them through this rebuttal sequence and then they can, you can take the appropriate action once you know more about why it is, what's their intention for leaving. Um, and then the other thing kind of low hanging fruit would be involuntary churn, right? So uh, about 20% of all rebills fail. Usually it's because of credit cards expiring. So putting mm-hmm. them through a, a dunning sequence where you're you're sending them an email or sending them a text message or sending them an in-app notification saying, hey, you know, your credit card is about to expire. Make sure you go and update your details or hey, your card just expired to make sure you don't lose access to your account. Go and update your payment method. So um, all of those things are low hanging fruit, easy things to implement and automate and really puts less burden on your customer success team. I love it. When I was running my SaaS business, it was so frustrating when their card would just expire. And it would take us months sometimes to connect with them, to get the new card, and it was a nightmare. So I love the the being proactive and getting out there beforehand, the system that it knows that it's going to expire and tells you that's amazing. So very cool stuff. What I want to know is, and we faced this decision before in my companies, why would a SaaS company decide to build their own billing platform in-house versus partner with one that's already available like Pay Kickstart? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, and so, I mean, me knowing like building a, a payment solution from scratch, I know what it takes and what it involves, and it's just something you don't want to do. Um, now, obviously, if all you're trying to do is just slap a PayPal button on your site to accept payment, you know that's that's another story. But when you're running a business or especially a SaaS business, there's so many things that kind of come up, right? Like you're always uh, adjusting your pricing strategy. You may want to do usage building. You may want to try free trials. You may want to do paid uh, trials. All of these things kind of end up putting a lot of burden on your development team because this takes Mm -hmm. cost, time and money and energy, and it takes away from your core product. So instead of having to worry about building this infrastructure. And and guess what? You're going to have to maintain it as well. So if you're going to integrate with Stripe or Authorize.net or PayPal, they're always going to be coming out with new updates to their API. So instead, you know, a lot of companies will use us because they don't have to worry about it. We relieve all the headaches, all of those roadblocks when it comes to billing, and they can focus on their core product and serving their core audience. 
I love it. Absolutely makes a ton of sense. Why go out and spend all that time doing all that when you could be building other product, building other solutions for your market and have somebody else who's already done it and figured it out and just plug it in. I love it. Yep. So what are some of the biggest mistakes SaaS people make around billing in general outside of just buy or, or build? What, what mistakes do SaaS people make when it comes to their billing? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple things. One that we just mentioned, like trying to take it on themselves and and build it and maintain it themselves because it does take a lot of energy. And if you're not, you know, VC backed with millions of dollars to and, and lots of resources, it can be a big undertaking. Um, the other thing is kind of what we talked about with not having some sort of a system, an automation system to always be communicating with your customers. And that can be for for Dunning, right? That could be for uh, or for for pre-dunning, just making sure that payments are always going to be successful. But then also just um, you know integrating with your email autoresponder to give them update product updates, um, even things like you know uh, like uh, our affiliate program. Like so, a lot of companies they'll end up going with a payment provider that doesn't offer an affiliate solution. And, and it's nice to have all that stuff integrated as one because it allows you to add a growth lever to your business and it allows you to manage it all in one instead of saying, okay, well, you know, I, I accept payments in my pay, my um, billing solution. And then I had to go over to my affiliate solution. And like, if there was a refund, I need to make sure that both systems are in sync and it can be a nightmare. So it's always nice to have all of that into one, uh, into one platform. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned affiliate marketing a few times. You yeah. said at the beginning and then just now. Some people have never done that or heard of it. Can you just explain what exactly is affiliate marketing? Yeah, I mean, so I think everybody should be be doing some sort of affiliates marketing or uh, have an affiliate program. And really, it's just you know giving a commission to someone that refers a sale to you, or it can be a lead as well. Um, and so uh, it's really that simple, right? Hey, you refer that customer to me, I'm going to give you 20% commission. Um, and so it, it, it just, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer, especially when, you know, all of your customers, if you have happy customers, they're going to be your, your biggest brand ambassadors. And that's how you can really create a snowball effect because they want to go out and tell other people about it. And why not try to incentivize them to really go out and tell their email list or go on social media and tell other people and compensate them for that. And so it's such an easy way because it's really free traffic. You're only paying them when they refer someone to you. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. So is it different than a referral program? Um, I mean, there can be nuances, affiliate program, referral program, partner program. There's lots of different ways to say it. Um, you know, referral, referral program is a little bit different than an affiliate program, I would say, where an affiliate program usually compensate them with some sort of, uh, usually it's money um, or, or some sort of monetary value. With a referral program, sometimes it's like, okay, refer five people and get one month free with the mm -hmm. product. Um, it's not, it's something that we're, we're, is on our roadmap to kind of add, but right now it's more of the traditional type of affiliate program. And with affiliate programs, so does your system track all that? I mean, it sounds like something that, you know, you would need to do if you really want to go after it is set up right. some sort of tracking, set up some sort of method to keep, keep everything in line. How do you guys do that? Yeah. And so a lot of our vendors, they're using, you know, they're, they're working with hundreds or even thousands of affiliates. And especially when you get to that many at scale, it's really hard to be able to maintain them. And so our affiliate system allows them to, you know, go and promote to affiliates. They can request to promote um, and, and you can either approve or deny them. Once you've approved them to promote, 
they're going to get their own unique affiliate link and they can use that link or even create different links that will go to different destination URLs. So it can go, one could go to their homepage, one could go to maybe a webinar sign up and you can track the traffic that, that they're driving and they can also cookie the user. And so if they do purchase, um, they'll get credit for the sale. So that affiliate can log into their account. They're able to see their sales in real time. They're also able to get marketing materials. So it's always, it's, you know, it's important to support your affiliates with materials for them to, to use. So email swipes or banner copies or even running uh, like timely contests. If you want to do like a three-day promotion where you say, hey, the top five affiliates, we're going to give you an extra $1,000 uh, for, for whoever refers the most people. So um, having those materials built right into the affiliate's account makes it really easy for them to grab their link, yeah. grab the promotional materials and go uh, and tell people about it. That's amazing. It does make it so much easier. And you guys use that to get yourself started. What else did you guys use as growth strategies to build your company and launch it in those early days? Yeah. So, I mean, we were fortunate because uh, we started Digital Kickstart, which is kind of our sister company about 10 years ago. And so we were fortunate enough to have a fairly large email list of followers of people who are buying our products uh, in the past. So we were able to rely on that, which really helped to kind of get things going. So between our own email list, as well as affiliate uh, affiliate marketing, and then um, webinars as well. So we were able to get people onto webinars and um, you know, we would say we, we kind of had like a high high ticket offer. It was like a thousand dollar offer. You get pay kickstart for one year. We also threw in some bonus uh, training programs as well. And so we would drive traffic either through our own list from affiliates promoting those webinars. And then we also did some Facebook ads. That's great. So I, I like that you attacked multiple different channels to yep. make sure that you had a lot of people coming to you the same way. Uh, how, how did that all come together? I mean, did you have somebody managing? I just want to understand because we have a lot of founders out there trying to figure mm -hmm. out how am I going to do this? Did you have a team doing that? Was yeah. it you doing it? Who put those strategies in place? Who executed? Yeah. So we had a lot of different things going on. So we had a short-term strategy and a long-term strategy. So the short-term strategy was okay, let's, we need to drive, we need to generate revenue for our business so we can keep the lights on and keep our, you know, our developers and designers paid. <laughs> and so um, obviously leveraging that list made it really easy to do because we already had that relationship with our list. So we can, we could send them emails for different promotions that we were running, ultimately leading to having them sign up for pay kickstart. And then we also had um, affiliate relationships. So between myself and uh, my business partner, we had been working with affiliate partners for years. And so this was something that we kind of did over, over time. We've built affiliate relationships and it just made it that much easier to reach out to them and say, hey, love for you guys to go and, and promote this offer or this webinar or this you know little mini product launch that we're doing for, uh, for Pay Kickstart. And so that was one of our short-term strategies. Um, unfortunately, most SaaS founders don't have those assets. To, they don't have affiliate partners. They, they may not have an email list that they can rely on. And so um, one thing you can do is use uh, like what's called a JV broker or an affiliate broker. And all that person does is just connect you with affiliate partners who will then promote your product and they'll earn a certain percentage of the sales that they refer. Uh, and our system allows you to track that. So you, it's called a second tier affiliate. And so if you have a JV broker and that broker introduces you to 10 affiliates, all the sales that those 10 affiliates um, generate for you you could say, hey, JV Broker, I'll give you 5% of sales or 10% of those sales. Um, so that's a really nice way. And again, it doesn't take 
a massive amount of, of money or effort because, you know, that last thing I want people doing is going and, and dumping a ton of money into Facebook ads when they don't know their numbers, they don't know their metrics, their, their churn is really high. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a way that you can just kind of, you know, tank your business really fast and lose all the money that maybe you have created. So, um, it's, it's a way to mitigate risk. Um, so that was kind of our short-term strategy, our long-term approach was has always been SEO and content. So we've created a lot of content. We've hired industry experts to write content for us. Um, even I'll, I'll write a post every now and again. And so I knew, you know, with SEO um, going back, God, like 12 or 15 years ago, that was kind of my bread and butter when it was really easy to rank websites. Um, yeah. Nowadays, it's it's not so easy. No. Uh, so we, we uh, generate a lot of content for our blog and it's, it's well optimized, but that didn't really, we didn't really see any results until like a year or a year and a half of writing content consistently. So I knew that we couldn't rely on that for driving organic growth and revenue. So it was, that was our long-term play. Yeah. I think that's wise. It obviously is a long-term play, the content play, but it builds up and over time it becomes a really powerful part of your channels. I, I love what you said also about the, the fact that you had a list that you already had relationships, you know, digitally that you yep. had created over time. Yes, SaaS founders who are just getting started sometimes don't have that. However, you can start to build that. So I talk about building authority with my clients, like become an authority in your space. Start to build those relationships, start to give value, start to share what's working, what's not working, and start to help people in that industry. And you can start to create that list, that, that foundation of people within your target market who are going to become future customers or affiliates or referral partners. I love that you guys had that in place, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think people should just dismiss it if they don't have that already. Start to do that now. Yes, it's more of a long-term strategy, but it starts to pay dividends and, and can be really, really valuable. Yeah. I mean, it could be as easy as what we're doing right now. Jump on a podcast interview with someone and at the end of the podcast say, Hey, I have this free white paper or this free guide. I'd love for you to go and download it. Gives you our 10 best practices for you know, how to optimize, you know, whatever it is, X, Y, and Z that you're talking about and have them opt in and start to build that email list. So building that foundation is so important. Yeah, I totally agree. So what would you say are some of the mistakes that software leaders make when they're trying to launch, trying to grow as an early stage company or trying to market and sell? What's what sometimes do they not do well? Well, I've made every mistake under the sun. Um, so I mean, I could have a lot to choose from here. I would say the biggest one is is waiting, waiting to get it out to the marketplace. I was just talking to someone the other day and uh, I actually, I posted something on a, on the SaaS Growth Hacks uh, Facebook group, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are part of. And I said, how many of you guys are uh, getting ready to release a brand new SaaS or a new startup? And I had tons and tons of comments. And one of the comments was, oh, I am, I've been building it for four years. And I was just like, oh my God, like that, that must be crazy. Like the fact that you've been building this thing, God knows how much time, money, and investment you've put into this. Instead, why don't you cut it down, right? Cut down the product into something really simple uh, and, and just get it out to the marketplace. And mm-hmm. even if you give it away for free or give it away for, for five bucks a month or whatever it is, get it in the hands of, of people, right? And, and, and to. you're going to learn so much more th- uh, than sitting there saying, oh, I got to add this feature. I got to add that feature. Everybody gets feature happy, right? We can't, we can't launch it until we have this. We can't launch it until we have that. Before you know it, it's been three or four years. And... And, and what do you have to show for it? Nothing. Um, and, and that's when a lot of businesses go under because there's no revenue coming in. And before you know it, they're like, I, I can't, I can't keep the lights on. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's the old adage of if you are happy when you launch your product, if you're happy with the product, you launch too late. Yeah. So right. get it out there, be embarrassed by it a little bit, mm -hmm. but chances are what you envision the product to be in the way you think it should be. Other people, they don't have that vision. They're not focused on exactly what you're trying to solve. They don't understand it as well as you, but they have a problem and they yeah. probably need something to solve that problem. So get it out there, get it in their hands and get the feedback. It's critical to get feedback on your product and hear from your customers, your target, even partners, what it is and how it's helping them, how it's not helping them and what they need. And that's how you're going to make your product better and better through that customer interaction. Yeah, I mean, we've made dozens of pivots over the last five years, right? I mean, what what it, what Pay Kickstart was five years ago, it's I wouldn't say completely different, but I mean, we've had to make some adjustments along the way. And one thing that we did was we added a product roadmap, a public product roadmap, uh, so everyone can go in and submit ideas and can also vote on them and leave comments. And so we've Great. given our customers a voice. And I think when you have that customer centric mindset. Um, the, the, the product builds itself based on, on your customers. I completely agree. So this is awesome. So we've heard, make, make sure that you set up some sort of partner relation, relationship, referral, affiliate program to make sure you're getting the word out there. Don't launch too late. What other advice do you have for software leaders just getting started, Mark? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, outsource as much as you possibly can as early as you can. So get it off of your plate. I think founders, you know, as entrepreneurs and founders, we, we have a control complex, right? We want to do everything. And before you know it, you have this long laundry list of things you need to do. And there's only so many hours in the day, right? We only have 24 hours in a day. Uh, and so start to get that off of your plate and start to focus on the things that are going to drive the most revenue and have the biggest impact in your business. So all those tedious tasks that are taking up all of your time, if you're sitting there trying to mess around with a logo tweak in Photoshop and you've never used Photoshop before, don't do it. Go hire a designer for 10 bucks and have them do it really quick in 15 minutes. So find out those things that are time, time consuming, that are not bringing a lot of impact and revenue to your business and get them in the hands of other people. Yep. Fantastic. I completely agree. And you said outsource, I would say outsource or have a team member do it because right. for me, once I started having my team and having them focus on certain things, it yep. made it so much easier for me to focus on the stuff that I had to focus on. So I did that better. They did better at what I was doing on that part of it before. It just all started to flow even better. So yeah outstanding advice there. And, and this has been awesome, Mark. You've brought a lot of value. There's a lot of stuff that you shared that I think can really help people getting started and people launching and even in the early stage and even growth stages of their companies. So where can people learn more about you and Pay Kickstart? Yeah, uh, two places. So obviously you can go to paykickstart.com. You can sign up for a free 14-day trial. Um, our our uh, team is there 24-7. If you want to start a live chat, you can do that. And then we also have a, uh, a Facebook group as well. So if you just type in uh, subscription growth hacks or uh, pay kickstart into Facebook, you'll be able to find our group. Feel free to join. Uh, I'm in there. We have uh, you know over, I forgot how many thousands of SaaS founders in there now. So feel free to join. I uh, love to just talk shop and feel free to ask questions if you ever need any advice. Um, I'm in there and there's lots of other people in there. So there's a lot of engagement there. Okay. I love it. That's great to have that community. And we'll put all that into the show notes. So everybody seeing it on YouTube, you'll see it down below. Everybody on the podcast, you'll see it there, but uh, we'll have all that for you. So Mark, this has been great. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
Absolutely. For everybody else out there, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You do not want to miss all this amazing stuff people like Mark are going to be sharing with you. So you'll be able to be notified of everything coming up. That way you'll be good to go and you'll be rocking it within your own business. Thank you for coming and we will see you next time. Take care.